in, in the first week of this series, it, it cut me deep and I saw God do something as I've taken a step of faith, as I've mixed the word with faith. I've got freer, I've got lighter. Um, last week, we really, yeah, testify. <laughs> uh, last week we uh, spoke about uh, the, the, the basically how God's called us to expand, how God's called us to take ground and uh, really, it's what um, what Mel said in week one was uh, for us just to just to say yes to God, to really just just to hear what He's saying, and say yes, and do what He's go, move with Him. And and week two, I was really just an expansion of that. And, and week three, I'm I'm really seeing the theme in in this series is is God wants us to take ground. So we're going to keep uh, working through it and just really see what God's wanting to do in our lives and through our lives uh, through this book uh, Genesis. So I'm up to part four we were going to have a clip weren't we all right so we're going to play a clip and it's going to basically so the first clip we saw was the first section of the book and the second clip we're about to watch is is showing the second uh, section of the book of hebrew uh, of genesis rather and we're looking at specifically the life of abraham and the blessing of abraham but so we'll just turn our attention to the screen and then uh yep The book of Genesis. In the first video, we saw how chapters 1 through 11 set up the basic storyline of the Bible. God has created all things, and he makes humans in his image to rule the world on his behalf. The humans choose sin and rebellion, and so the world spins out of control into violence and death, all leading up to the rebellion and scattering of the people in Babylon. And so the big question is, what is God going to do to rescue and redeem his world? Well, out of that scattering at Babylon, the author traces a genealogy of just one family that leads eventually to a man named Abram, later known as Abraham. And God's promise to Abraham at the beginning of chapter 12 opens up a whole new movement in the story. God calls Abraham to leave his home and go to the land of Canaan, which God says will become his one day. And in that land, God promises to make Abraham into a great nation, to make his name great and to bless him. Now, these promises are connected back to earlier parts of the book. So Babylon had arrogantly tried to make a great name for itself, and that didn't go over very well. But God, in his generosity, is going to bestow a great name on this no-name guy, Abraham. And God's blessing of Abraham echoes all the way back to that original blessing God gave humanity in the beginning. So the question is, why is God going to bless Abraham and his family? And the last line of God's promise makes this clear. So that all the families of the earth will find God's blessing in you. Now this is key for understanding the whole rest of the biblical story. God's plan is to rescue and bless his rebellious world through Abraham's family. And this is why the whole rest of the Old Testament story is just going to focus on this one family, eventually called the people of Israel. This is also why Israel will later be called a kingdom of priests at Mount Sinai. God wants to use them to show all of the other nations what he's like. And ultimately, this is the promise that gets picked up by the later biblical prophets and poets who say that its fulfillment will come through Israel's messianic king whose reign will bring justice and peace to all of the nations. Now, at this point of the story, none of that's clear. You just have to keep reading and watch the promise develop. And so the rest of the book focuses on Abraham and his family. First, Abraham himself, then his son Isaac, and then his son Jacob, and then Jacob's 12 sons. 
And the stories about each generation, they're united by two main themes. So first, each generation of Abraham's family is marked by repeated failure. They just keep making really bad decisions that mess up their lives and that put God's promise in jeopardy. However, God remains faithful to them. He keeps rescuing them from themselves and reaffirming his commitment to bless them and bless the nations through them despite their failings. So the Abraham stories. God had promised Abraham a huge family, but on two different occasions, he's afraid for his life because other men are attracted to his wife, and so he denies that he's even married to her, which creates, of course, all of these problems. And not only that, Abraham and his wife Sarah, they can't have children, and so Sarah arranges for Abraham to sleep with one of their servant girls, which also creates all of these problems in the family. But each time, God bails Abraham out. And in chapters 15 and 17, God even formalizes his promise to Abraham with an official commitment called a covenant. This is a classic scene. God invites Abraham to look up at the night stars and to count them. And he says, that's how numerous your family is going to be. And despite all of the odds, having no kids and no way to have any at the moment, Abraham looks up in the sky and simply trusts God's promise. And God responds by entering into a covenant with Abraham, promising that he will become a father of many nations, that God's blessing may come to the whole world. God asks Abraham to mark his family with a sign of the covenant, circumcision of all the male boys in the family. This is a symbol to remind them that the fruitfulness of their family is a gift from God. And so Abraham has lots of kids eventually, and he dies at a good old age. Now, the Jacob stories play out these themes even more dramatically. From birth, Jacob lives up to the meaning of his name, which is deceiver. He cheats his brother Esau out of his inheritance and blessing, and he does it by deceiving his old blind father, no less, and then he just takes off. He goes on to take four wives, even though he really only loves one, Rachel, and this creates all of these rivalries in the family. The only thing that humbles Jacob is being deceived by his uncle Laban, who cheats him out of years of his life. The tables have finally turned. And so it's a humbled Jacob that returns to his homeland. And in a very strange story, Jacob ends up wrestling with God as he demands that God bless him. Some things never really change, do they? However, God honors his determination, and he passes Abraham's blessing on to him. And he renames Jacob as Israel, which means wrestles with God. Now, it's this last part of the book, the story of Jacob's sons, where all the themes come to a head. Jacob loves his second to youngest son, Joseph, more than any of the others, and he gives him this special jacket. And the ten older sons come to hate Joseph, and so they kidnap him, and they plan to kill him, but instead they decide to just sell him into slavery in Egypt, where he ends up in prison. Talk about family failure. But God is with Joseph, and he orchestrates Joseph's release from prison, and Pharaoh ends up elevating Joseph to second in command over all of Egypt. And so Joseph saves the nation of Egypt during a famine, and he also ends up saving his brothers and his family from starving to death. And so once again, we can see the folly and the sin of Abraham's family is met with God's faithfulness, who subverts even the evil of the brothers into an occasion to save life. And this is actually what Joseph says right near the end of the book. He says to his brothers, you all planned this for evil, but God planned it for good to save many lives. 
Now, these words are strategically placed at the end of the book because they summarize not only the story of Joseph and his brothers, but the book as a whole. From Genesis 3 onward, humans keep acting selfishly and doing evil, but this God is not going to leave his world to its own devices. He remains faithful and determined to bless people despite their failures. You can see this especially in how that mysterious promise about the descendant of the woman gets developed throughout the book. So remember, Genesis 3, God promised that this wounded victor would come and crush the snake and defeat evil at its source. And the author then connects this promise directly to the line of Abraham. This is a part of how God's going to bring his blessing to the nations. Now, from Abraham, this promise gets connected to Judah, the fourth son of Jacob. And this is how. In an extremely important poem in chapter 49, an aging Jacob, he's on his deathbed, he wants to bless his 12 sons. And when he comes to Judah, Jacob predicts that Judah will become the tribe of Israel's royal leaders and that one day a king will come who will command the obedience of all the nations and fulfill God's promise to restore the garden blessing to all of the world. And then after this, Jacob dies. And later, Joseph dies too. And the growing family remains in Egypt. And so the book of Genesis ends with all of these future hopes and promises left hanging and undeveloped. And it forces you to turn the page to see how it's all going to turn out. But for now, that's the book of Genesis. So good. Has anyone actually read the book of Genesis for themselves? It's one of the most entertaining books in the Bible. I love storybooks in the Bible. When, when you're a kid growing up in church, you, uh, you really gravitate to the ones that are interesting and you, you read a little bit further along and it tells you how to build temples and stuff, less applicable to, <laughs> less interesting for a young guy at least. But we're just going to get on with uh, th this so what I really want to share about this morning is Abraham and, and in particular the blessing given to Abraham. Um, so last week what we really did is we emphasized that the blessing was given to the church that we would be able to receive the Holy Spirit and that had God wanted us to, uh, and that, that's the, the full plan, that, that's the big picture plan of uh, this blessing that God put on the earth. He put it on the earth, he, he blessed Adam, and then he says, go and multiply. He blessed uh, Noah, and he said, go and multiply. We saw Babel, uh, the Tower of Babel, where they didn't want to multiply, which we just saw then, and they wanted to consolidate, and God is not into consolidation. He's into expansion, he's into growth, he's into increase. you just got to look at the way plants go when they're left on their own. They, they don't consolidate and just have this neat little group, they just grow. And he, God's plan was always that we as humans would take dominion over planet Earth and make it into the Garden of Eden. And so he had this, and so then we, we, we introduced to this guy, Abraham, or Abram at the time he was called. And this is where we see the blessing introduced again. Like what we've, the video we just saw, we can see how man just kept blowing it and God just kept, start, he just kept, forgiving and he kept giving us more and more chances and um and so we we, we were introduced to this guy abram who we later become abraham and this guy had a blessing put on his life and he's the first time it's the same blessing given to adam 
It's the same blessing given to Noah, but this is the first time that we start to actually get a little bit descriptive with the blessing and start to see how it interacts with the person and start to realize, hang on, this is something special that God's done for mankind. And and one and there's a passage in, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. It says, The Lord said to Abram, remember that's what his name was before God took a hold of him and changed his name. He said, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. All the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people that had, uh, they had acquired in Haran and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. I love that last little bit, and they arrived there, because what you actually understand if you read back a little bit was his father was headed out to Canaan, to the promised land. And it says he arrived in Haran, and it says he stopped there. He settled there. He stopped short. And, and, I, and I love how when we introduce to Abraham, he, he follows the journey right the way through, and it says he arrived there. Um, and... and so as I, I, I remember one night, one night I was driving to a to, to listen to a uh, there was a guest preacher at a, at a church, and um, he's, he's one of my heroes, uh, Dr. Yongi Cho. He's just amazing. This guy, what he was able to achieve in a um, would have been a third world country at the time, at least a second developing nation at the time in South Korea, and and he he grew a church to over a million people. He he, he ch- took a hold of the country. And, and really was a catalyst in, in that country be, being a nation that feared God and that walked in the blessing of God. And this guy is so inspirational. If you ever get the chance to read any of his work, or uh, you just have to do that. Anyway, so he was coming to Perth, and I was, I was on my way down there to, to listen to him speak. And I was listening to a sermon on a podcast as I was driving down, which is just something you... Man, you got half an hour drive somewhere. Boom! There is a sermon right there. You, you can the, the the scripture talks about keeping God's word always before you. There's time right there. Half an hour there, half an hour back. It's one hour in the word that you just got. Uh, I can't. Ref- anyway, I digress. And I was listening to this message, and 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 the preacher was talking about this passage, this from Genesis, and he's and. And, he was, and, and what I, who actually knows what he was talking about? You know, sometimes a preacher will be preaching, but then God speaks to you. And my takeaway was, was this passage here. Where, where the, it says, all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And I understood that I was a, a, an heir of the promise given to Abraham. And the promise given to Abraham is that all the nations on earth will be blessed through you. And I'm like, so all the nations, so people, the world, basically what I really saw was that you have a blessing for the world. You personally carry a unique blessing for the world. If there's stuff in you that if you don't do, nobody does. And I was like, wow, God, what, what's, what's my thing? What have you got for me? And if you understand my personality, I'm like some unique and I need to be like special and unique. And, uh, and, and I'm like, God, well, what's my... <laughs> And, and I just I had this vision of this red toolbox. You know those little red single-hinge toolboxes, the little latch on the front? And I saw it lifted up, and it was full of gold. And I'm like, wow, gold, gold's good. And I'm like, so, but I'm like, well, it's not like I can just grab it into the spirit and use it. I'm like, okay, so it's obviously, it's like, you know, 
it's that it's just to <laughs> demonstrate something. And I'm like, okay, God, well, what is the gold? And that was it. It's just got my little toolbox full of gold in the spirit, which I can't even get to. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then later on in worship, uh, I'm there, and then God just, boom, speaks to me. And I pull out my phone, and I start to take notes. And if you ever see me on my phone in church, I'm not on Facebook, all right? I'm not, like, checking my Instagram. Uh, it's because God's speaking to me, and you've got to write it down. Otherwise, you won't remember. Um, and, and so I pulled it out, and I, and I wrote, and, and just God just put a word directly in my heart. It says, the word... Uh, he says this, he said, My church has thrown away the blessing Abraham was given by me, which he carried and walked in. When the church received the fullness of that blessing in the person of Christ, she discarded the earthly blessing. I'm awakening and restoring this blessing to my bride. Be ready for my increase in this and many new ways. Thus says the Lord. Amen. And I'm not like a thus says the Lord person, but man, that was part of the word he spoke to me. So I'm like, I'll write that down. <laughs> a bit old King Jamesy, but here we go. And then, right, so I'm like, I've got to go and study this guy's life. I have to go and study. And then I just really had this compulsion. I needed to study the life of Abraham. Anyway, this guy, Dr. Yongi Cho, the, the most influential pastor on the planet, uh, and he's gotten up and he's sharing his testimony in a journey. And then all of a sudden he stops and preaches the life of Abraham, stops, once he's finished, goes back to his testimony. And, like, I'm just sitting there, jaw on the floor, just like, oh, my goodness. And, and pretty much ever since that time, I, I've put a disproportionate amount of my study into the life of Abraham and understanding this blessing. And, uh, and, and so I've walked away like understanding that God's serious about this. He's saying, and so last week, we really focused on the fullness of the blessing. We focused on, the scripture says in Galatians, that we are, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit, Galatians 3.14. So, that, so that's the, the totality of it. That's the reason, the fullness of it. But it never s mitigates the, bliss the blessing in the way that Abraham experienced it. it it's still there. And it's largely being left, uh, just, just left to rot. And one of the things that God is not into is uh, rotting fruit. He's not into rotting fruit. Jesus did this amazing miracles where he would take a small amount of food and he would distribute it amongst thousands. And then he would have his disciples collect what was left and take it. And this is a guy who can make something massive from something, virtually nothing. But he didn't want what was left over to rot. He, he doesn't like waste. God doesn't like waste. He likes fruitfulness. He likes increase. And we saw, as we've been seeing, that he likes expansion. And so we, are, as a church, have left a lot of the fruit on the vine to rot. And, and God doesn't like it. God's not happy about that. And he wants us to actually walk in the fullness of this blessing. A great way to look at it would be that you've been uh, given a uh, You've got a ride to get, let's say, you've got to get to Kalgoorlie. Why Kalgoorlie? I don't know just because it's somewhere far. You need a ride, and, and, and someone says, hey, I've got a ride for you, and this beautiful uh, uh, Toyota Hilux comes up, top, top, of, top of the line, beautiful everything, and then you go, sweet, here's my ride, and you jump in the, in the back of the ute, and you, and you ride to Kalgoorlie in the ute. Okay, that's cool. You get to where you've got to go. You, you've done what you're supposed to do, but that... You, instead of getting bugs in your teeth, 
rained on, 40, 50 degree heat, whatever the... God says, yeah, but I gave you this beautiful vehicle to ride in. Lovely seats, air conditioning, music. Probably like, you know, the water bottles from the Uber drivers give you the water bottles. And but this amazing experience to get to the same place. You both end up in the same place, but there was a way you were supposed to get there. And God is saying to the church that a lot of what we're, the way we're seeing things, a lot of the way we're processing stuff is like, you're riding in the back of the ute when I've called you to ride up front. It's not the expense of getting to where we've got to get, but, you're sp- but we're leaving fruit to rot, and, and, that, and, and God's not happy with it. He's saying, I want, I, I need, for full expansion, we need to be capitalizing on everything that I've provided. And, and so we're in this place where I just want to touch on some of the blessing, and then we're actually going to put some wheels on the ground and, and get to Kalgoorlie. No, we're going to put some wheels on the ground and actually how do we interact with this blessing that God has for us. The earthly blessing, the part, the way we're supposed to experience life. Now, I just want to show you some real tactile examples of of, of this blessing. Genesis chapter 24 and verse 1. Abraham was now very old. And the Lord had blessed him in every way. Now, you know me scholar and student of the original languages and i've had a look at this word every every way in the hebrew and you're not going to guess what this word means it means every there is not one way abraham was not blessed it talks about the totality of the blessing it says abraham was blessed with the totality of the blessing in every way and we start to see already we've got a glimpse of that blessing he was very old part of the blessing is long life Part of the blessing is health to get to long life. And we move down Genesis 24. So it's where his servant was, was talking about his master, Abraham. 24.35 says this, The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he's become wealthy. And given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, and camels and donkeys. So part of the blessing was health and old age. Part of this blessing was wealth. Not talking about ethereal spiritual wealth, though that is included not in this first part of the blessing. In the second part, we saw it where the Spirit comes and that in the Spirit we've been blessed in every way. We, we went through this last week. So what we're looking here is, is we're, we're talking about some very tactile, down-to-earth stuff you can actually use and will change your day today. will change the way you live your life, the quality of your life, the volume of your testimony. Melissa was sharing about the power of our testimony. Man, you cannot say God is good if you're not living a good, if you're, you can say it all you like, but you're not showing that God is good if you're not living a good life. If your life sucks and you're telling people, man, you need to come to Jesus. Jesus is the best. And they look at you and say, I don't want whatever done that to you. I don't want that. But if you're actually able to say, and you're standing and you've been through the trials and you've been through the tests and you're standing strong, and, and I'm not saying that we're ever perfect because it's always a process and we're always, you know, you're, at large your family's healthy, at large you're, health, at, you're winning, you're, you're changing lives, you're happy. Happy is a big one, guys. Being just content. The Bible talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength, our fuel. It's so, so huge. Peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Guys, that, that, that in itself is a mass, but it's this quality of life. 
And then Pete said, I've been able, by the grace of God, to help my, both of my brothers, my best mate, and a lot of other people that I knew back when I was, as Creflo Dollar puts it, broke, busted, and disgusted. When, when, I was ty- you know, when I was in that horrible, horrible place, I've been able to help a lot of people that are really, really close to me come to find faith in Christ and freedom in Christ not by preaching to them. Yeah, I, I share a little bit here and there. Yes, I invite to church. Yes, I do that. But they wouldn't have come if my life wasn't visibly changed. If this blessing wasn't working in my life, they wouldn't have even given it a second thought. They would have said, I know you're crazy before. You're still crazy. But now they're like, what do you got? When it was one of my family, his girlfriend was saying, well, Isaac's changed like this and Jacob's changed like that w- why don't you get on board with that and, and and the answer was well they've done it with Jesus and then this person is like a flat-out unbeliever it's like well you need Jesus <laughs> and and then my that's the way it works that's the way this works we need it all and then so we're we, we move down to Abraham's son because remember this, this is a, an inherited blessing and it says, Abraham's son, that he's talking about, Isaac planted crops in that year, in the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord was with him. The, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. It says, because the Lord blessed him, the man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. God is not against you having money. Wealth is part of the blessing. It's part of it. It's part, the same as health is part of it. The same as joy is part of it. It's a good, it's, it's part of it. I think some of us need to just get past that. Like we have to be, and I'm not talking about greed and idolatry because that's a whole different thing. I'm talking about just being okay with it and actually saying, okay, cool. It's part of the blessing. And getting okay with the idea that God wants us to have an abundant life in every area. You know, the scripture says that God wants you to be blessed in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Do you know that? How can you be generous if you've got no money in your pocket? Like when you see the Salvos doing their Red Shield appeal, like they do such good work. How can I bless them if I'm, how can I contribute if I don't have anything? Mel talked about how we're able to, uh, to give to adult and teen children. How can we do that if we don't have, like, you're blessed to be a blessing. And we, we tap into so much stuff like we spoke about last week about how uh, cyclical this blessing is and how, uh, but this is, we, we, we've got to get comfortable with the idea God wants us. He wants you healthy. He wants you living a long life. He wants your, your kids. We're going to get into how he wants your kids blessed and all these different things. But this is part of it. And this is stuff that God spoke really clearly to me about. And he says, I'm, he's upset that the church is not getting aggressive pursuing these things. And so we need to step into it. Now, this is uh, in Deuteronomy. So we move over a couple of books from Genesis. But this is where it really starts just nuts and bolts, item list of this blessing. And I'm starting a little earlier than the, but it's for a reason. We'll get to it in a moment. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord, so we start there and it's like, whatever, I'm disqualified already. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> we'll put that on the shelf. We will deal with that momentarily. The Lord will set you high above all nations on earth. All of these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Again, shelf that bit. We will deal with it because 
you're perf- anyway, because we're already disqualified. If it's rely, if it's depending on our obedience, you will bless the. Uh, you will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. We're hang on, that doesn't leave a section where you're not blessed. City, country. Okay. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. What's that? That's your kids. The crops of your land. Okay, well, I'm not a farmer. Well, that's talking about your, uh, the work you do, what you produce. If you're a school teacher, it's talking about the kids you're, you're serving. If you're a businessman, it's talking about what you're selling. It, it's just, just your, the area where you work. Even better, we know so much in this church about sowing and reaping. Where you sow, think that. You, what you sow, the ground you sow into will be blessed. Uh, the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flocks. I took a hold of that a little while ago when my dog went blind. I'm telling you, the next day it wasn't blind. The crazy, cra- like full on. And it was that promise where I was like, right, I'm standing on that. And we're going to get to this a little bit later as well, how to access this, th- th- this blessing and have it come to fruition in our life. But I promise you, my dog was blind. Eyes blew over, could see nothing, banging into, like, next day, catching smackos as we threw them. I took her to the vet, and the vet was spitting out, fed her a whole pack of smackos. I'm not even kidding. I watched him feed the dog an entire pack of smackos, throwing it and her catching it. And he just kept doing it. He was just dumbfounded. But this is the blessing. This is real thing. God wants us walking in it. Uh, you'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. Again, okay, you're in or out. <laughs> you're blessed. It doesn't matter. It means blessed at home, blessed at work. Blessed on your way to work. Some of you curse your way to work. No, God said, that's blessed. You can have a great trip to work. I've got an hour and a half drive here. God says you can have a great hour and a half. It's your choice. It's here. It's for you. It's there. If you don't have a great hour and a half, you're letting fruit rot on the floor. God's not happy. You'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you uh, will be defeated before you. God doesn't even say you will defeat them. It says they'll be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction and they will flee in seven. They'll come united and they will scatter. They can't stand before you. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and everything you put your hand to. I don't have a barn, but yes, you do. Your bank account's a barn. Your super's a barn. Your stocks are a barn. This is storage. Where have you got storage? Some of us ha- have assets in places. That, that's, that's your barn. It, it's blessed. It's where you're storing things for the future. Uh, on your barn and everything you put your hand to, everything you put your hand to, this is one I really l- like. And think, yeah, what I'm doing right now is blessed. If I'm working on a, on a book, this is blessed. If I'm working on a sermon, this is blessed. If, if I'm doing something around my house, this is blessed. Because I'm putting my hand to it, it's blessed. These hands bless. All I have to do to bless something is put my hand to it. It's blessed now. That's you. That's us. The Lord will bless you in the land he is giving you. What does that mean? It means he's going to give you land. Part of the blessing is land. He's giving you that. Come on, we're a church. We need land. Blessing says we have land. We stand on this. This is a promise that we stand on. This is a part of the blessing that we pull by faith. And if you need land for your family, it's there. And not just you get it, because it's, it's like you're blessed in the land I'm giving you. So, well, well, how can you be blessed in the land if you don't have the land? So it's there. It's there. Um, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as, his promi- uh, as he promised you on oath. 
if you keep the Lord, the commands of the Lord and walk in obedience to him. And disqualified again. Sorry, guys. It's been so good up until that point. No, we'll put it on the shelf because we're going to get there in a minute. Then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord. What's that? That's your testimony. That's God wants to use you as an example. You have a responsibility to planet earth, to walk in the blessing so that they can see how good your God is. It's not negotiable. God says, I want to do this so they can see you. I want to do this so they can see you. You really want to understand that Israel is this tiny land bridge that connects Europe and Asia. It connects Africa with, with it's just this, it, the whole world at that time was <laughs> con- connected by this tiny little strip of land called Israel. It's the, what's the distance? It's from like Yanchip to Bustleton and from the beach to York across. That's Israel. All this stuff we hear about on the news, all this stuff, West Bank, Palestine, Hamas, all, I'm talking the smallest little patch of dirt on planet Earth that they're going to call a country. That's Israel. It's tiny. But everybody had to pass through it. If you wanted to go anywhere in the world, you had to pass through Israel. Why? Because God wanted people to see. He wanted blessed so people would see the blessings and say, wow, tell me about your God. Tell me about your God. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath, if you commit uh, the commands of the Lord and walk in obedience to him. Then all people on earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Wow. The Lord will grant, will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb. Now we're starting to repeat things. That's your kids, the young of your livestock. We've just been there. The crops of your ground, that's what you're sowing into. And in the, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. That's the land. And the Lord will open the heavens, the store out of his, of his bounty, and send rain on your land in season and bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but borrow from none. What's that? That's debt-free. That's debt-free. Part of the blessing is debt-free. That's part of the blessing. If you've got debt, look at this. I will lend, I'll, I will lend from none. It's part of my blessing. Cool. Uh, you lend from, the Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you'll always be on top, never at the bottom. Do not, you know they say you've got to start at the bottom and work your way up? That's not what this says. It doesn't say that. That that's a worldly principle. God's principle says you start at the top. Doesn't make sense, but it says it. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or the left, following other gods and serving them again. Boom. We disqualify because of our inability to keep the commands. But I said we're going to deal with that. So, who, having read this blessing and seen seen it there in scripture that it's there that god's blessed people like that and that we're an heir of this blessing who would probably say well i see it there i I can see it in scripture so you're not making this up it doesn't reflect my life today you know that you don't have to put your hands up but you know you'd say well i can see that i can see this but it doesn't reflect my life accurately some of us might be, well, portions of it do. And I've seen the blessing at work in my life and I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I want to be. And there's more in there than what I'm experiencing. And, and we're, so we're like, 
You see there's more left. There's more fruit on the vine that God does not want dropping and rotting. And then who would say, all right, how do I get it? How do I access this fruit? How do I take what God has done, what's sitting there? How do I take it and, and, and apply it to my life? Is that anyone? Uh, let's get some rubber on the road. So, gosh, we're running out of time. After this, okay, so first thing we've got to do, th there's three things here that I've got. Expand receive and activate expand receive and activate and last week we really hammered down the expand and for time i'm not going to go far with this but i will touch on a few things abram so uh, genesis chapter 15 and verse 1 says this after this the word of the lord came to abram in a vision he said do not be afraid abram for i'm your very great reward but abraham said sovereign lord what can you give me since i remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is my servant Abram was geared for expansion he was geared for generations his whole thinking was God you've been done all this cool stuff but it's pointless if I can't pass it down if I can't expand through the generation we've wasted all of our time he was someone who was walking in the fullness of the blessing to a degree except the fruit of his womb wasn't he was someone who said hey there's more for me but he was at a point where he's saying, this is pointless. If I can't expand, we're wait, I, I, there's no point. And I really believe it was that heart had a lot to do with why God chose Abram in the first place. Because he could see he was someone who was an increaser. Someone who wasn't just going to sit and consolidate. Someone who wasn't a coward. Someone who would move, would move forward, was committed to growth, was committed to expansion, was committed to improving so much so that when God says, hey, I'm here and it's just, I give my full self to you and Abraham's like, well, yeah, unless we can continue, we're wasting our time. I love this phrase and it's saying, without a successor, there is no success. And it's so critical that we do things that live outside of ourselves. Pastor Malcolm talks about this concept of eternal footprints in the sands of time. And if we're not living with that mindset, what's the point? get all the blessing you like and then you're just someone that's blessed and dead. And, and I love how the Bible talks about, it says then, then your money goes to people you don't even know. It just doesn't even, mean, means nothing. You've got to understand that to God, money is the least. Like in heaven, it's not bitumen, it's gold. So without expansion, it's pointless. And, and this is what Abram said to God. And then God says to him, look at the sky, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. In Genesis chapter 28 and verse 4, where we see talking to Jacob now. And he says, may you, this is a blessing that Abraham gave to Jacob. He says, may he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that your possession this is, sorry, Isaac, his son, now talking to his grandson, give the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land. The blessing was given to Jacob, Abraham's grandson, so that he could take possession. This blessing is for function. 
This blessing isn't for indulgence, it's for function. It's for expansion. So we move down to receive. And this is a hard one, especially when we've read that amazing passage of Deuteronomy where it's like, you have to do all the right stuff and then all this good stuff happens. But we saw earlier, it says, Abraham believed the Lord and, it, and he, that's talking about God, credited to Abraham as righteousness. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed and God credited it to him as righteousness. And that righteousness qualifies you for the blessing. You need to be righteous to inherit the blessing. We read there was so much, if you do this, if you live righteously before God, if, if, if. But it's, and then we, we'll keep reading. Galatians 3.10 It says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written. Cursed is everyone who t- does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. That whole promise is wrapped up in the fact that it's Jesus who makes us righteous. That it's the forgiveness, it's only by the blood of Jesus are we qualified to enter into this blessed life. It's only by the blood of Jesus. You can't be good enough to get this. Read Abraham's life. We just saw a picture story of Abraham's life. Dude had problems. And God's like, yeah, but I like him. And that's all righteous means, really. It's like right standing before God. It means... And we move into this place where we receive and just simply believe that God wants to be good to us. We simply believe that by putting our faith in Jesus, it washes us clean. We move to that place. Your world changes if you activate it. I'll show you here in Romans 7, uh, 5, 17, it says this, For if the tres- by the trespass one of one man, death reigned through that one man. It's Genesis, uh, Genesis 3, we saw Adam's sin. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Because if we receive this, if we believe and receive this, we enter in. We we enter a place where we reign in life, where we live that blessed life, where it's not about the hereafter. It's actually we live with the quality of life that God wants us to, that God calls us to. And I'm not talking about indulgence for one second. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about a life that people can see. So, how do we activate it? Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says this. uh, Chapter 11, verse 1 says this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand the universe was formed at God's command so that what was seen was not made out of what was visible. Now, the Amplified puts it like this, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, faith comprehends as a fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. God told Abraham, his missus couldn't have kids, 
he was old, so he's past the age as well. And then God's like, no, you have loads of kids. And Abraham's like, okay. Logic was out the window. I'll show you how it worked. Well, then he goes further when he finally has his miracle kid. And then the kid's 30 years old. And God says, I need you to sacrifice him now. And, and, and Abraham's like, okay. And we'll read this further down in chapter 11. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to was about to sacrifice his one and only son even though God had said to him it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead and in so a way manner of speaking he did receive Isaac back from death so it moves us to this point in Hebrews 11 and I love the amplified way of looking at this faith God in Corinthians it says that God says yes we say amen that's how it works that's how faith works it says here that the title deed, faith is the title deed. Faith is, you know, you've got a house, the bit of paper that says it's your house, that for most of us probably lives at the bank, that bit of paper, because it's their house while they're hanging on to it. It says that's the title deed. When God speaks, that's the title deed. God's word is the title deed. We hold on to that. We say, okay, okay. That's all Abraham did. God said, you're going to have kids. Abraham said, okay. He now had the title deed of the promise. It's that simple. It's that simple. God is good and He wants to be good to you. It is that simple. He wants your life to shine so that others can know Him. It's that simple. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that as a church, we're able to step more fully into this blessing that God has given Abraham that He says, you're an heir of. Lord, we receive this blessing, God. We know we don't deserve it, but we believe that the blood of Jesus was enough. And we say, Amen to your promises. Some of us, our kids are far from you, and we need some intervention. And we just believe that where it says here that our children will be mighty in the land. We say, Amen to that promise. Some of us need healing in our body. We believe where it's written that by your wounds we were made whole. We believe that promise. God, we take you at your word. We pray that we're able to live lives that accurately represent what a child of God looks like, what a son or a daughter of the King looks like. So we're in this attitude of prayer. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I just want you to join in and just repeat after me. As a church, we're all going to pray this together. If you're online, just join in with us as well. Just repeat after me, church. Dear God, today I choose to follow you. Forgive me for living life my own way. I receive your gift and of righteousness. From today forward, I will reign in life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, let's just worship and let this word just soak. I believe God's just going to minister to hearts. If anyone wants prayer for anything as well, come forward, we'll pray with you. There's a, a real anointing here to heal. Thank you, Jesus.
you stand with us? Faithful promises.